Blog Talk Radio. Tennis, Mr. Chuck Greasy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And hello once again. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. It's another week of American tennis. And folks, thanks for tuning in today because we have a red alert program and uh I hate to start out just saying red alert, red alert, but we have something really, really important to talk about today and things that have happened this last week at the ITA convention. And also, folks, I want to talk to you about the USTA meeting that I went to, and my golly, my golly, the name of the program today is Tennis, the Tennis Power Grab. Can we fix the problem without fixing the blame? And we have a great guest on today, Coach Brian Witt. I'll bring him on here just in a second. But really, the American tennis ruling bodies are very close, folks, to completing their power grab of how, where, and when tennis is played in the United States. My golly, is this not a, is this American or not? I don't think this sounds very American. These once educational, educational, uh, proven, and promoted and uh, these organizations, the USTA and the ITA, now they're moving very, very quickly, folks, with their agenda. We've been talking about it, but it, but it, it is an agenda. Is there anything that players, coaches, and parents can do who love the game? What should they do? Could they do? Would they do if they know how, where, and when to go about it? But we're all in this battle. And look, folks, it's not what they're doing. It's why they're doing it and how they're doing it. Look, it's not about the what, what they're doing. It's how they're doing it and why they're doing it. Look, it's uh, we've got to fix this problem without just fixing the blame. Uh, golly, there's just so much evidence that it's really, really going to hard, be hard not to fix the blame. But we want you to join us today. I am Coach Chuck Creasy. I'm on every week at noon on the 
was the UR Tennis Network. Now it is the uh, We Coach Tennis Network. And thank you, J.P. Weber, for what you do. And over 2,000 people on the Facebook of We Coach Tennis, all the coaches, go there. Get your ideas out there. My golly, he's trying to get me to write up a bunch of stuff uh, every week, and it just I can't keep up with it. I just try to put things out there pertinent and when they're important and how they're important. But, um, look, go to my website at chuckcreasy.net, www.chuckcreasy.net. You can get all my programs and some of my writings, my books, my camps, and the different stuff out there. And Folks, I'm willing to come to your club if you want me, and I'm willing to do consultant work within the rules of the NCAA, what they allow me to do. Just go to call me at uh, send me an email chuck at coachcreasy.com chuck at coachcreasy.com. Lisa Stone has her parenting aces program on Tuesday at noon. John Denise, John Denise is starting, and I had a talk with John earlier today. He's starting his program on. Uh, I told him to call it tennis hardball. <laughs> but he's got four guests on one one different uh, expert in tennis. I heard there's a rumor he might have the great Alan Fox on at least once a month and and some of the others. John Denise is going to have to tell you about that and what a great, great warrior on the tennis field this John, John coach John Denise has been for years and years and years. So join him on Thursdays at 5.30, sorry, 5.30 Eastern time. But I'm going to bring on right now um, our – Okay, I think I can get him on here. And uh, Coach Brian Witt, are you on the line? I think I've got you. Yeah, you've got me. Can you hear me all right? Okay. Uh, you're coming in loud and clear. And, uh, folks, this is Coach Brian Witt, and he's been my friend for 25 years. He's been in the coaching field for 20, uh, college coaching, 14 years at the University of Texas, Dallas. And, Brian, we had you on the program about a year and a half ago, and uh, – you're a D3 coach, and that's that's very very uh, pertinent. Uh, what significance? <laughs> very very. That's very significant to what we're discussing today. Um, thank you for your years of friendship. I, I'd li- love for you to just give a little bit of history about yourself. And by the way, folks, uh, Brian has a program called the Tennis Revolution. And Brian, when is when is your program on? It's it's. Um, it's a podcast. It comes out, it's on it, Yeah, it comes out uh, every other Tuesday. Um, I'm doing it once every other week for a number of reasons. One is we're just building listenership. So uh, until we get to a certain threshold, then I may I may go um, every week if uh, if that's what the people want. I'll give them give them that. Um, but right now it's every other week. Comes out every other Tuesday, and uh, and you can get that. Uh, really, you just go to tennisrevolutionpodcast.com and they've got links for your Android or your iPhone uh, uh, where you can go to download it. But you can just go to the iTunes app um, podcast app and get it from there as well. Well, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, correct? That's and, it. And tennisrevolutionpodcast.com. Uh, okay. And, and Good, Coach. To, to, you, you told me to give a little history of myself, and, and quite honestly, and this is not this is not kissing up to you at all, but in all reality, my tennis history 
uh, began when I met you and you told me that uh, you felt like I had what it took to be a college coach. And so, uh, you know, I dreamt of being a college coach and having somebody of, of your stature um, and everything you've done, uh, I was sold. So, so I, I was going to try to do it anyway. I just didn't know if I'd make a mess of it or not. But then you you encouraged me, and uh, and so then it was just full steam ahead. So, um, so my well, my you're you're history, kind, you're kind, buddy. Uh, but you know, you've always had it under the hood, and you have the ability to inspire people. You have the ability to teach. You have the you know you work for mastery, and you're teaching more than you do your success, and that's why you are quite successful but you can tell you people just tell people in a couple minutes where you're at what you're doing yeah. and and uh why i've asked you to come on the program today okay um i am currently and have been for the last 12 years um starting my 13th season at uh, the university of texas at dallas uh, we're a d3 school in the university of texas system and uh located in the dallas area and, uh, and and prior to that, I've coached at uh, Division Three as well as uh, an assistant coach at a couple of Division One schools, and been involved from the D three level. I've been involved in uh, the NCAA from the committee standpoint, involved with rankings and uh, on the national committee, and um, really with just a purpose of, of, of serving the game and, and just doing my part to keep the D3 machine rolling, um, rankings, and, you know, getting involved and stuff like that. Because a lot of people are somewhat apathetic, so there's only a handful of people that get involved. Um, and the reason that uh, it was, I think it was uh, critical uh, to get on the phone with you on your podcast and, and get in front of all your listeners and fans uh, is because it, Division Three just had um, a uh, their annual coaches convention <laughs> Um, and part of that coaches convention is preliminary, uh, you know, well, well can I jump in there? Let's about. clarify. It was, the, it was the ITA coaches convention, but it was the, the meeting, the ITA as the so-called ruling governing body, uh, had their meeting for D3 coaches. Am I correct? Right, so the ITA convention, right. So ITA is over, it covers all all the bodies, so NCAA, NAIA, junior college. Um, but the, the, the pertinent part was that the, the, the groups break out individually and go to their different divisions um, in terms of discussing uh, the political issues of their particular group. So D3, obviously, we don't deal with NAIA rules. We So the coaches kind of get together. And it's a pretty small percentage, I would imagine, of, of the total amount of coaches. Uh, cause I believe we have over 300 D3 schools that have tennis. And, and so a smaller percentage of that group goes to this meeting. But they do start discussions in regards to what's going to happen in the future of the game uh, at that at that convention because a lot of the people are there. Um so the, the the item of note um, that I thought you certainly – I mean, I called you almost immediately upon hearing about it. Uh, I didn't go to the actual convention, but um, talking to a few coaches and cooperating um, information is they did discuss uh, a favorite topic of yours, which is the scoring change uh, situation at, at Division One, And so – the the argument at Division Three uh, has to do with shortening matches, 
Um, and part of the discussion was they just pointed to Division One because we know what they've done. You've gone over that, you know, in your podcast. So the, the listeners um, you know that they've gone to a six-game double set, no ad, no ad, super breaker for singles, and 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 made a mess of of college tennis in Division One. So now, thanks to the big boys doing it, now people in D3 are saying, hey, what about that as a method to shorten? Uh, so the Division One was discussed, uh, copying their format, uh, as well as other methods to, to shorten, which uh, may or may not involve changing the scoring system, maybe changing the format. The format, one, one great thing you make a, distinct, you know, a distinction is between the scoring and the format. Um, and one's fundamental to our game, one is not. Well, they can, they really, and a lot of people conflate both issues and kind of mix and jumble them all up. But in reality, um, they are they are vastly different. And what came out of the D three meeting at this point, where we are, is yes, most everybody wants to shorten the format or the scoring system. How do we or shorten the length of team matches? How do we do that? And about half wanted to go with D3, uh, half wanted to go with other um, or some form of, of the Division One. So um, so half wanted to copy Division One, uh, maybe with some slight alterations, and then a half wanted to think of another method um, with or without changing format and or scoring or some combination. So that's kind of kind of where we are. And something that, honestly, I knew – uh, other people might not have believed it, but you've been preaching it that, hey, this isn't the end of this now that Division One's done it. Um, but, of course, if the highest level of our game of college tennis does it, then there is going to be potentially a natural progression downward, and here we're seeing it. And, yes, and, and I want to jump in here for a second. We're, we have another uh, D3 coach that's going to be calling in here in a second or two or three, I think. And uh, I want to get them on the line and get their take on this, and I want to get the facts right. Uh, so if I cut you off and go to this other coach that's coming on, it's because of limited time. But I sure hope we can have you on for the whole hour here today. Brian, a couple I'm of things. First of all, you need me. You said something very interesting. It's like, and it's true, when people do it at the top, everybody says, oh, it must be something good. And you said another thing. You said you were one of the few people to get involved at the D3 level. And I've often brought up the point that it's true that very seldom older people just sort of say, hey, I'm out of here in a few years. It doesn't matter. Younger people say, hey, I just want to fit in. And they'll be on committees, but they're sort of like, you know, they follow like they're sheeple. They're not people. They're sheeple. They just follow. And then people in the go middle, a lot of times, get along. Saying, they go along to get along. And then, and so really we don't, and, and, and this is a very, and we've been calling this out for like four or five years now. So it's a very, very, very calculated and planned out agenda that the IT, ITA and the USTA continues to do. I went to USTA meeting this weekend, and it's very evident what their agenda is. So there is an agenda. Now, the point is also is that it's not like people got, uh, this is not like people got a rocket scientist together 
to figure this out. We just had our other coach check in here, so I'm going to go to him in a second. But the point I'd like to finish, it's no, this is a knee jerk, and it might not have been for the real reasons that they proclaim. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what I wanted to do at this point, I'm going to go to uh, one of the most respected coaches in Division Three tennis in coaching, in coaching throughout the South, and uh, also, you know, in the definitely in the state of Georgia. I believe I've got Peter on the line. Is this Peter? Peter Howe? Hey Chuck, Peter how are you doing? Just very good. Now, the, God, folks, this is Peter Howe, and I've also got Brian. Wit on the line, and I know Peter that your time is limited, and but I absolutely I'm going to give you free reigns, and you can tell the folks when I called, I said, look, uh, Peter, people respect you tremendously throughout the state of Georgia, throughout the tennis world, in in South, I have absolutely from the first day I coached because of the time you've put in, but you're now at Oglethorpe. Uh, and and you do a fantastic job there. We probably had one of the best experiences ever playing a college match uh, against Oglethorpe last year. There were no referees. We played full matches. We played regular scoring. We had a good crowd out there. It was a fantastic experience. So I've asked Peter, folks, to come on and just talk about it, what his feelings are. And I hope I haven't loaded the deck so that you won't do that, Peter. Regardless of how you feel, my respect for you is tremendous. So I'm going to turn it over to you. And, Brian, uh, we'll get back to you here in a second. But, uh, sure. Peter, go ahead. You understand what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I was I was somewhat shocked at this. Uh, I just don't feel like perhaps they really got some uh, Division three input uh, you know, the Div- Division Three philosophy is all about the student-athlete experience. And uh, and my feeling is, is that playing the format that we had been playing with the full eight-game pro set, regular scoring, uh, two out of three sets, singles, playing a tiebreaker if the match was decided uh, in lieu of a third set, was the full athlete experience uh, and playing every match to completion uh, uh, as well versus decision. Uh, I mean, if we're gonna, if we even if we're gonna drive a, an hour and a half to play Lagrange or Piedmont, uh, you know, I want my guys to get their full time on the court. Much less if we're going all the way to Mississippi to play like Millsaps. So. You know, I, I just don't think how this enhances the student-athlete experience by putting so much more pressure on the players, number one. Uh, and number two, just uh, shortening their time on the court because this is what they practice and work hard for is for their time on the court. Coach, um, real quickly there, you alluded to the fact that they might not have had enough coaches there or enough input from the coaches. This is, look, you've been in coaching all these years, 30-plus years. You didn't know about this maybe until I called you this morning. Uh, So would you say, 
would you would you say how they did it? Could we discuss how they did it first of all? Was it was there a consensus of all the D three coaches? Number one, number two, how they did it, and then why they might have did it, and is it truthful? Well, I, I will tell you that uh, last year we discussed this. Uh, I was at the convention last year. I did not go this year. Uh, but we did discuss this, and we felt that there might be some pressure to align uh, the scoring divisions. And we felt like that uh, since Division Three was its own special animal, so to speak, it's, it's totally different. You know, I I consider it the last bastion of pure sport. It's untainted by money. There's there's no scholarships. The players are playing for their own personal enjoyment. Uh, they don't gain a dime by playing tennis. They don't lose a dime by not playing tennis. Uh, they get the, the full collegiate ex- experience where tennis is not – their primary uh, cause of going to a school. Uh, They're going to go pro in something other than tennis when they get done. Uh, So I just, I just, uh, I feel like it was, I feel blindsided really, frankly. That's how I feel about it. Right. Well, you alluded again, you said they might've felt pressure to align all of the divisions, why might they feel pressure, Coach Al? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it. Uh, I think they've. I think they've taken a little bit of flack on on the uh, on the format from the tennis purist, so to speak, if, if there is such a thing. And I think that. Uh, by making everybody do the same thing, it, it lends them more credibility to what they what they did at the at the Division One level. Uh, I've I, liked, I, I think I've they're going about it, it uh, backwards. <laughs> I've likened it. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, we are in the United States of America, and we have freedom. Usually, things happen from the ground from the ground up. I've likened this to taking arsenic with a great sugar coat, you know, <laughs> instead of taking and staking, instead of taking the medicine we need to cure what is wrong for tennis. Uh, any quick questions, Brian, you, well, you guys know each other, Brian, can you jump in there Brian. and, uh, Peter. I uh, yeah, got a lot of respect for uh, Chuck because he's been around the game a long time. I guess that means I have to have double the respect for you, right? I think you're a hundred, <laughs> right? A hundred years into coaching. Oh <laughs> Lord! I'm just Don't remind Peter. me. I do. I, I love Peter. I served on the national committee uh, with him recently, and uh, and he doesn't talk a lot, but when he does, people shut their face and they listen, and uh, and he's got a wealth of experience, and so it's. Uh, it's an honor to be on on the line with him as well. Um, I, I would say that the um, that you know from the standpoint of where it comes from and why, I, I would say I am completely unaware uh, because I'm dumbfounded we would even do this. If the original argument was TV, and if you tell me 
hey, ESPN will be on your <laughs> campus at UT Dallas next month um, when you start practice, then I'm all for whatever score and change you want, baby. But I'm pretty sure nobody's coming down with a TV camera to my campus anytime <laughs> soon. So I can't imagine what the argument for our changing the scoring system is outside of we just want to match, which doesn't make any sense. Well, Peter, I, I, Peter. I, 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 I totally agree with that, Brian. Ahead, Peter, Jeff. you're the uh, you are you are the Yoda you are the Yoda or the Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi in the room here. Uh, Peter, two questions. Um, first of all, well, what is the cure? What would you have done if you're in charge of the ITA? How would you go about? Um, how would you go about what they're doing? Um, well, what, I, I what think might the first you, thing I would have done would be to have polled the 375 Division Three coaches to see how they felt about it. And, you know, I would imagine that uh, there would be a fairly strong move to keep it the way it is. Remember, back about five years ago, maybe seven years ago, we went to the doubles counting one point. And instead of uh, three points, and that lasted two years, and then uh, Division Three uh, moved it back to uh, all three doubles counting a, a single point, and uh, that was a move. Uh, again, at that time, I felt to align uh, the divisions. And uh, it got some resistance. And, you know, I I would have gone about it differently. I certainly would have gotten some input from uh, commissioner. You know, just do it the right way. Ask the people involved how they feel about it. Instead of just making a a decision. It's it's just like, it's just like the, it's just like the no let rule. Okay, or <laughs> uh, does Division Three need need not to play let? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know why we on, do guys. that rule? Hey, hey, yeah, hey, we Peter, do, I know guys, why we you... do that rule. We do that rule because every time you served an ace, I said I thought I heard a let. So instead of <laughs> fixing the cheating, instead of fixing the cheating, they did away with the rule. 20, 20 years ago, we had a couple big cheaters, and somebody gets up and just said, let's have the no-let rule. Uh, and we had, instead of just saying we got two cheaters here that are causing this who are high-profile players, <laughs> they changed the rule and dismantled, you know, and just said, let's do this. So that's uh, sort of a knee-jerk. Peter, right. I'm going to give you so we're gonna, uh, So we're going to play no ads. I can't imagine Division One anything worse than for you, Chuck. Didn't have a three-three point and a guy hit a let serve. I mean, I can imagine. Well, it's more I mean, than this. Three-three point. <laughs> yeah, Peter. Peter, this is what people don't understand. One point is worth two games or eight unearned points. All right, and you know tennis. You understand yeah. tennis, but most people don't understand yeah. that if you win by hook or crook or a let cord, the first game of the match. Well, it's going to take you eight hard-earned points 
to get back to where you're up by one game. The two to one instead of you were up, should have been up one zero by one. Now you're down. You got to work eight points. So cheating becomes paramount. That lead cord becomes paramount. Jobs, people <laughs> on jobs on the line become paramount. And uh, the the statistics on this are just unbelievable. You have uh, so anyhow. It, it, look, and you said you had 375 coaches. We had masses of input at first. We had several voting. We had a, a very famous 19 to 17, a 21-19 vote to stay right. with traditional scoring and throw this out down into convention with all the D1 coaches a couple of years ago. I rode back so happy. Before I got back, uh, my nine-hour drive, by the way, uh, Brian Boland called me and said, you won't believe what they did behind closed doors. They just said, hey, it's too close of a vote. They don't have a mandate. We'll do what we want to do. And the ITA proceeded to um, use their tactics and do what they wanted to do. We also had such pushback on the women's side. It was ridiculous. Uh, uh, We had a petition of 194 Lynn Loring got this done. Women's coaches saying we don't want to change, and they did it anyway. And then we got our NCA committee uh, two years two years ago to put it back, and they changed the committee, and and they changed their and then then they put the leaders and they put the leaders in place they wanted. My last thing has been, and I hope Coach uh, I don't want to say Coach Russell. He's a music coach and a nice man. But Tim Russell is uh, basically, I asked him to come on and be on the show so he could tell his part from the ITA. But the bottom line on this is they are just moving forward with their agenda, and they basically are doing what they want to do, and and there's there's not enough pushback from the coaches, Peter, so – uh, well, not I, like... you know, I, I, I don't really get it myself. I mean, uh, television, D3, we're streaming online somewhere, and people that are watching the matches are, are tennis people, and they actually care about it, you know, and, and want to see uh, the full tennis. These are not uh, uh, people you're trying to – Non-tennis people you're trying to show entertainment to. Um, and, you know, I mean, I mean, we've never been on television as far as I know. Lord help it, us television is a ruse. How do you spell ruse? <laughs> R-U-S-E or R-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-Z. <laughs> but but I, go back to our, our, I go back to our match last year, okay? We played... Uh, Three tough doubles matches. I think we won one nine seven. Uh, we go into the singles, and lo and behold, my guys are, are playing like a house of fire, and we actually win five first sets. And then, you, and then you guys are uh, just uh, get stronger and stronger as we wilt, and uh, uh, a full uh, a full three sets later, uh, you know. You're you're on the road to go play again down in Alabama, but uh, we had a very positive match 
There was a lot of fun, a lot of close balls everywhere. Uh, people giving each other credit for their good shots, and it was just a lot of fun. I mean, it was yep. just a lot of no fun. Referees. No, no, re- no referees. Had there, in there there no referees. There was no trash. No referees there. either. There was no garbage. There was no trash. There was no confrontation. And that's just what makes it so much fun. That's why I, that's why I won't leave Division Three. Well, Division anyway, Three is going to change right now. And the, the TV thing's a ruse. And, look, format is different than scoring system. If they want a two-hour format, I don't think there's any coach would go against that for the dual match. We should honor t- traditional scoring for our tournaments so that the right player advances. And we should honor traditional scoring with whatever dual match format they want to do, but it's it's not like this stuff is great. But Peter, really, really appreciate anything else. I'll give you the last word and then I've got uh Brian's got some more to add here. Anything else? No, I I I just think that when the word gets out on this, you're going to see some shock and some disgruntlement and I think that uh some folks are going to try to make some opinions known. Hopefully, you know, I you know, I could understand if they said, "Okay, we're going to have a trial year. Let's see how it goes." Okay. All right. But uh, you know, just don't just don't impose things on us, blindside us. I mean, it's just not the right way to do it, frankly. Not the American uh, way. One point I want to make. Peter, it's uh, these administrative bodies and these bureaucracies are very welcome to give us absolute benchmarks of where they want us to go, but don't give us rigid pathways that really are not, they should be freeways. We should have freedom to pursue tennis the best we can. But Peter Howe, thank you very, very much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it today and stay on listen if you want to, or I'll, tell you where you can go listen later. I know how valuable your time is. Thank you there. Uh, All right, Chuck. Thank Peter you. Howe. I've got a uh, coach, I believe, uh, Brian, if you'll hang on there, I've got another coach with limited time. I think okay. this may be Coach Hubbard. Is this Coach Hubbard? Yes, it is. Can you hear me, Chuck? Hi, uh, you're coming in loud and clear. This is Coach Larry Hubbard. Um, uh, and, uh, on the line, we've had Peter Howe, um, who, of course, is at Oglethorpe, Larry. And then, of course, uh, we've got, of course, Brian Witt from University of Texas, Dallas. They all play in your league, Larry. And if you could just tell the people real quick about yourself, just a real quick intro. But now, uh, Brian, I've brought on in, this guy is a number one man. He's, did I say he's a number one man? He's a number one guy. He gets stuff done. He is a wonderful leader. He Every place he's been, four different places as a college coach, he makes stuff happen. So, Larry, just talk about yourself, two minutes, where you're at from and everything so the listeners know. And then, um, Brian, uh, you may have understood what we said. At the ITA convention this week, they just – said D3 is going to have to play no ad scoring and follow the same same horses over the cliff that the uh, D1 is going to do. Coach Hubbard, go ahead. 
it's unfortunate that they've forced it down the throats of the players on Division One because there are about 15 teams that think they can make money out of TV, but it's not about the kids who actually are playing the tennis. They talk about kids missing class and this and all the NCAA rules, but they never seem to reach out and ask from what we call the SAC organization, Student Athlete uh, Advisory Council. No kind of uh, changes should happen without that kind of parliamentary, uh, congressional, you know, representing your constituents from both the coaches and the players. We've got 15 guys who are running rock shot over NCAA tennis because they listen to a few demigods who think that they have the best interest of the game of tennis, but we've done all the surveys, and when they do it from a population vote or from a student-athlete vote or from the coaches who are actually in the trenches, it never seems to perk. And then somehow we're left standing on the sidelines saying this is what we're going to do. It's just it's just heartening to, to see that kind of representation. You know, sometimes we see it in our own political uh, landlines where we've got people who get elected to represent their constituents and then they go to Congress and they vote on their own best interest or what uh, lobbyists or other organizations make life fertile for them. So it's the same kind of administrative oversight. It's unethical. It's unprofessional. It seems like the ITA is just making a decision through a group of bodies who think that this is what's best, but they don't represent their constituents, which are the student-athletes. It's just a painful thought that they're just making the game uh, just faster or quicker, or really is it more about accommodating the no commercial uh, cable television network. So it's, uh, as you know, Chuck, you and I have talked about this so many times, about that they don't really represent the body they represent their 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 own sense of what what they think is in the best interest of tennis, but the data doesn't doesn't show that it doesn't uh, doesn't confirm. I mean, I hope you shared with the audience already about what the vote was when they did a, a coaches vote for for the same kind of uh, changes in the Division One game. There's like eighty to twenty. Uh, in the women's definitely eighty five to fifteen. In the men's, it was like. It was like that, and then they forced it down, forced it down, forced it down. They got what they did was very strategic. They got four or five top of the top coaches out there, and then they started politicking, and they got the top twenty guys, and then they little by little bled it in. And Larry, it's appalling to me uh, that we have so few people that really stand up and speak out. Uh, that's why. I, Really wanted you to be on the line here with Brian. And then Peter Howe is probably one of the most respected tennis people in the country, one of the best leaders of of young people, a teacher, and he's got it. He gets it right, uh, you know, with the first education, second entertainment. It's not even about entertainment, folks, out there. It's not about, it's not about that. That has been a ruse. It's the fact that they have an agenda. The USTA has agenda. But if you get college, then what they do now, they bleed it into the juniors. They're bleeding in these abbreviated scoring systems to the juniors, no ad scoring, 10-point tiebreakers, and they're doing it everywhere with the excuse now, well, college has gone there, just basically assuming, no, they're not assuming, even the junior USTA leaders know of the plan. It's 
the turning up the uh, heat on the boiling frog. Everyone knows that analogy. Just little by little. Think about this, folks. Five to seven years from now, our kids will only know no ad scoring and 10-point tiebreakers. Then they'll go to college, and that's what they'll play. And I think that their motive, USTA, is to try to bleed this into professional tennis. You know, and then we have uh, XFL football or arena football. We've changed all nature of the sport. And last, I wanted to get this out there. Guys, everybody understand, I have asked three times now for Tim Russell and the ITA to have one representative from every one of the D1 conferences. That's 32 reps, and nothing has come about with it. We need reps from every division, every conference, to be on their committee. So we, ha- we know how people vote, why they vote, but they hand-pick their, their people. So anyhow, the, the leadership is coercive, or di- if not dictatorship. It's not persuasive. Well, you know, the best is leadership by example. Go, Coach. The other piece and is just from a political paradigm. What came first, the game of tennis or the ITA organization? The ITA organization well, grew out of a great love for tennis and were going to represent us, those who build the sport, teach the sport, um, do the, the, the labor. And now – we've got this organization that's taken over as though they were a corporate entity that, that created the sport and they're having to fight for its best interest well, to save the game. I just don't get how we, how they even get 142, this 142 years ago, our traditional scoring was all of the players. Well, let's talk Ellsworth Vine, Bill Tilden, Doris Hart, Marine Connolly, Brinker, Rod Laver, Stan Smith, Ilya Nastasi, uh, Jimmy Connors. Every player has been marked by this barometer of this traditional scoring system. And now these elitists, these people, the, the arrogance is just beyond belief. It, it is the gall and the arrogance to doing something because they can, not because they should. Coach Bryan, do you have any question for Coach Hubbard? I want you guys to meet because – Two of you guys should get together, and if you can get the wisdom of Coach Peter Howell in there with you somehow, you guys could uh, make a fight here, I would hope. Coach Bryan. Yeah, well, I've, I've certainly met Peter. Like I mentioned, we were on the uh, the national committee together, uh, but I would definitely uh, give uh, Coach Hubbard a call, probably directly following this podcast if he has the time. Uh, one thing I would add is, is you were talking about the, 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 the parliamentary procedure not really being followed, which gives everybody a chance to have a voice. And I would say that somebody like the ITA, which is made up of uh, bureaucrats, has, has the same problem that any bureaucratic organization has. It's called the do-something disease. They can't sit there and do nothing or they don't feel they have value, so they have to do something. Unfortunately, nobody cares what that something is. They don't want to look at the, the process – 20 years down the road and say, man, college tennis is flourishing. They want to look at next year and look back and say, wow, 2016 was a good year because we did, that got passed. Nobody cares what that is. They just care that they got enough coaches or, or maneuvered the system to get something done irrespective of the future and how it affects this game long term. The do-something disease, it's, uh, it's contagious, so be careful. 
Yeah, I think you're giving them too much credit for them doing anything. It's just uh, the guys probably half that group didn't play competitive tennis. Uh, some of them uh, probably represented in some other ways, but it's it's um, it, it's just unfortunate that we we allow this scenario to continue. But again, I would I would tell the ITA who represents so supposedly the the coaches, the coaches represent their players, and when you pull the players who are the body who participate actually do the the, the competition, it doesn't even come close to that they have any interest in doing this uh, change of the sequence with reducing the number of sets or reducing the number of points or changing the game so dramatically, the issue is perhaps about time, maybe, or money, one of those two. But it's not about the game of tennis. Right. Well, so, I, guess, uh, guys, I just think we got to reach out to the uh, SAC organization, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee of every college in Division Three. That's the way the NCAA puts legislation through, and I thought that's who was running tennis, not the ITA and not the USTA. NCAA. The ITA, guys, is a voluntary, voluntary. Now, listen, you have to pay $500 to join it. It's a union. Your union dues are $500. They say we are the governing body. Well, no, it's because of default that no one else tries to be the governing body that the ITA is. The NCAA only pays attention to them because there's nobody else out there with a voice. Legally, think about this. You work for Shenandoah University, uh, and uh, Peter, you work for the University of Texas uh, at Dallas, and Peter Howe works for Oglethorpe. I work for my college, the Citadel. And then we work within the conference guidelines, and then we work within the NCA guidelines. The ITA is an outside group that has grabbed power. Why? Because they can. Why? Because there is an agenda, and if they line things up in the right way, they can do what they want to do. Now, we have to somehow, instead of just making a point, guys, we have to make a difference. That's That's got to stick in our minds that we've got to make a difference, not just make a point. And um, with that, it's just outrageous. Um, and, again, it's apathy on many of our parts. And to be fair, all of everybody's busy. I didn't go to that convention. I'm not going to – we don't want to take four days out of our lives with our family to be at a convention where you have no voice. And so, so guys um, – you know, I'm not a member of the ITA. I don't know if you guys are. You don't have to be members of the ITA. It's not mandatory, it, and, and, and uh, it saves you a lot of money. So, uh, Coach Hubbard, what? how can we get organized? I've got to go to commercial, guys. I've, can you guys stay on just a second? Sure. Sure, happy to do that, Chuck. Stay, stay, stay on just a second. I'll be right back on American Tennis. And uh, we'll go right back. Let's go real quick go to commercial here. This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from 
juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. Nobody thinks Division Three is going to be on TV uh, and make any money. So 
it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, now, I'm not doubting what you're saying, Chuck. You've been way more involved in this throughout the, the you know, kind of the, the process of it and kind of talking to people and getting involved. But I don't know why the USDA would want to do this other than just to control something. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense that they just you – know, so I, I would like to find out the real reason behind why this even needs to happen because ultimately – the the fault of all of this lies at the feet of the USTA. Their mission is to grow the game, and the fact that no one cares about this game in our country, uh, that it could get dropped from a college. Nobody would drop football unless a, a school is dead broke because football is the most popular sport in the country. Nobody's dropping basketball, but they drop tennis. Why? Because it's not popular. Teams weren't getting dropped in the 70s but they're getting dropped now because the USTA has failed at growing our game. I would say their first job should be to protect the, protect the integrity of our game before grow it. it you know, come on, we need, this is 142 years old. It's the strong, strongest Oak tree ever. They're trying to replace it with annuals or weeds. It's not even something right. good that they're, you know, so, Coach Hubbard, your thoughts? It, it, it's just so ha- hard to understand. I always felt like the IPA was merely a company you ordered scorebooks from and that they would have a organization of reporting scores and maintaining the, the, the process of um, ranking players and making them eligible to play in the tournament. I just don't know when all of a sudden that they became the governing body of how college – tennis is going to be performed. This is a, a, a total disconnect. Um, it, it just, I'm going to, I'm going to begin to attack it from, from the ground up, from the, from the players, from the student athletes who we say we represent. And they, I'll go back and say it again. It's the SAC organization. It's at every college. who's a member of the NCAA. And I've seen some, some incredible things such as practice time, a uh, number of days student athletes have to play. And the NCAA will stand up if the SAC organization, Student Athlete Advisory Committee, through the representation of the players from the tennis, getting their other athletes on board and letting the uh, NCAA know that the game is being stolen from us. Coach, um, there may be the problem. I just thought about this, but they're probably using – there's this new energy to protect the student athlete at every level. And I just bet the ITA has wedged a, uh, their foot in the door by saying, look, if we shorten it, that's a benefit to the student athletes. So I would recommend that you guys, you're very strong, I would get uh, people like uh, Coach Hal and people who are learned and, and really are respected in the, in the game to really get to work right away because um, what will happen is the same thing that happened for us. We battled this, and I never thought it would go forward because there were 80 to 90% of the coaches against it. 100 Mitchell Frank, when he was at the University of Virginia, he had a website where he had something like three, let's see, no, it was 1,347 signatures from college student athletes that wanted to keep traditional scoring and they just ignored it and I have about 15 bullet points of what they ignored in the way that they pushed it forward finally 
was that they convinced the new NCA slash the people in between that this was best for the student athlete and it's what they wanted and whether it was the truth, a ruse, or just a flat-out lie, this is what they did. In our conference, in our Southern Conference, 100% of the coaches two years ago wanted to stay with traditional scoring. And then, excuse me, three years ago we had a vote. Then the next year when the ITA basically pushed their weight around, we were down to only three. And then this last year, everybody just sort of has drank the Kool-Aid, and that's sort of how it is. So, guys, it's over unless you guys do do something. I'll give you the last word, both of you. Last word, we we got about three or four minutes here. Go ahead, Coach, uh, Coach Hubbard, and then I want Brian to be able to say what he wants to say at the end. Well, uh, I, I agree with you on so many different levels, Chuck, and um, it's sometimes we, we point where we need to step aside as as the leadership and have the, the actual players take uh, hold of it. I just feel like we've been ramrodded and uh, somehow misrepresented it, and then if I'm going to do anything, I guess I'm going to follow what my call out is to is to our, start with our own work with our conference and work our way through the process and try to understand uh, what the uh, rationale is for the student athletes benefit well thank you uh, coach Hubbard we really appreciate it Brian go ahead and uh, you know I'll give you last word here Brian all right I, I would say that uh, we just need to follow uh, your example, Chuck, and the fact that you catch a lot of flack when you're talking to people because they just don't want to hear you come talking about this stuff again. Well, what they don't realize is that you are not the enemy. You are actually fighting for the game uh, regardless of the fact that they don't want to put the time and energy into dealing with it. Uh, but people like you are fighting the good fight, um, and the passion comes through and hopefully that passion will ultimately win the day. Well, you're kind. I used this analogy last weekend when I talked to a group of coaches. I said, I owe everything to tennis, as we all do. Without tennis, I would, I had no chance. And, um, you know, uh, no one went to school in my neighborhood. Nobody went to college. And because of tennis, I never had a lesson. I have all so the way I feel is I love it so much, it would be the same as if my son grew up to be a drug dealer to cheapen it, or my daughter grew up, sorry to say this, to be a prostitute or something, because we've been diluted, polluted, and prostituted through this whole process. And, and Brian, you are wonderful because you've got fire in the belly, but you have the heart to see truth and to stand up. And we all... Let's make American tennis great again, and it starts with making college tennis great again. And, uh, you know, that's basically it, Brian. So, Brian, I thank you, and, and, and we're all going to listen to your podcast. Say it again. What is it now? Your podcast is Tennis Revolution. What? Tennis Revolution Podcast, and you can find it at TennisRevolutionPodcast.com or download it on your iPhone or Android. Okay, Brian, and um, folks, uh, we're about out of time. I'd like to thank uh, Brian Witt, of course, University of Texas, Dallas, 
And then, of course, Larry Hubbard at Shenandoah University, but, uh, of course, uh, the great Peter Howell, in, uh, he's, he's taught more people. His discipleship, his posterity will always be greater than his prosperity. We need people like that. But listen, folks, we uh, covered a lot today, and I wanted to thank you for being on. Made in America. every day of your life, and it has very little to do with a win or with a loss. And I wanted to tell you, Edmund Burke says all that it takes for evil to prosper is for good men or good women to do nothing. Folks, it is time for us to make American tennis great again. See you next week on American Tennis. Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.